the Dune 2 trailer yet, or are you waiting? No, I saw the Dune 2 trailer. Okay. The thing is, is I've read that book so many times, it's not like... Yeah. There's not going to be surprises, right? Right, right. I just want to see the visuals. And this is my conflict, where it's... I. I'm, I'm doing that thing where I'm not watching trailers. Like, so, so we're going to talk about Guardians 3 today, everybody. Um, and I didn't watch any of the trailers. I didn't watch any teasers, no commercials, no nothing, because I'm trying to actively avoid those things to see if it changes my movie-going experience and then retroactively going I th- back. I think it does improve. I saw a trailer for it a while ago, but I avoided them more recently. I'm really, really working hard to avoid the Into the Spider-Verse 2 trailer, Across the Spider-Verse stuff. I looked at the TV once and saw like one I clip. I, 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 I know that you, I know it. you did. I have seen the initial teaser. I cried, <laughs> but the uh, the most recent ones, I'm just I'm trying my best. I'm trying to avoid it because I know I just want to go in fresh, which is. I think that I do think it improves movie going experience. I, w- one of the things I'm trying to do is just watch the trailers when I'm at the theater and, and let that be that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that. A, ooh, I like that idea a lot because that's how I saw the Spider Verse teaser was the 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 movie and then uh this with guardians uh the last trailer was uh indiana jones Fumf five Fumf. and uh yep. man it could be it could be a train wreck but like whenever i see that ticker tape parade i'm like this is gonna be so good this is gonna be so bloody good uh, i i'm not letting myself get excited for it for the very reason we're talking about like i've seen the trailer i don't want to see it mm-hmm. again i trust the director mm-hmm. i I do have this feeling, and I, it's probably unfair, but in my head, as much as Harrison Ford makes Indiana Jones, in my head, Steven Spielberg does too. And so I'm sure it's going to be great. Did you see Spielberg saw it in his response? Yes. Uh, he's, uh, what, was it? what did he say again about the character? He said, I thought I was the only one who knew how to make these. Oh, that's a gr- that, whoa, what a compliment. Wow. Which is encouraging. That is encouraging. I kind of love that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm optimistic, but I'm I'm trying to stay away from it now. Yeah, well, I you know the reason I bring all this stuff up is because I feel like, and I've talked about this at length on the show before, just the way that trailers kind of taint your experience because after a while, like you can kind of put the pieces together and guess what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. The same goes for articles, and um, I want to spend some time not talking about spoilers, and then I really want to get into spoiler mode. So, folks, we'll start with some, we have to. We'll start with some non-spoiler. So stuff. again, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, we've, we've said it, I'm saying it again. We're here to gush, we're in review. Review, gush, yeah. You'll see. Yeah. I, and, and so, I will say, just right off the bat, I, I freaking love this movie. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> my review is, guys, right out of the bat, I freaking love this yeah. movie. It's... <laughs> I, I, I didn't go on with many X. I think people, I mean, listeners of the show know that Guardians is my favorite Marvel movie and continues to be my number one. Um, Guardians 2, not so much. It's not It's not for me. It wasn't really my thing. I didn't dig it. This was like, this shot right to top five, probably top, maybe top 10, top five, somewhere in there. It's So I guess it shot to top I 10. I think it's top three Maybe top me. five. Yeah, it's, it's high. Yeah. I would say top 10 for sure. Probably top five. Uh, and it would take Shang-Chi's Are place. you saying Marvel movies? Yes, Marvels. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I, you know, and I, as I posted on Facebook, I don't ever do this because I think it's... It's not my thing, but yeah, definitely a trigger warning. There is massive animal cruelty in this movie. It is insanely difficult to watch and to listen to. Um, but if you can get past that, there is something shiny at the end. Um, it, it's worth it. It is worth it. It is tough. 
but it is worth it. If you got to use the restroom every now and then, it's not, it's not continuous. So, I mean, right, if you have right. to get up and go, go use the restroom. Yeah. It's reasonable. I think to do so the thing that I've just become such a James Gunn fanboy. I wasn't, I didn't think I ever was before. Yeah. He was always so weird on Twitter. Um, I followed him for a minute cause he used to, he, now used, he agrees with you. Well, sure. Right. <laughs> he does. Um, back in the, um, gosh, Bravo used to do these AFI top hundred movies, top hundred scares, top hundred thrills, top hundred, uh, you know, action, mm-hmm. all these different things. And he was a guest on there pretty frequently. Um, so I only knew him from Slither, which I didn't want to watch because, uh, somebody explodes in it and I don't like it when people explode. Um, I saw Slither and I barely remember it, but I remember enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but I, at the time I was, I had sworn off horror completely, so I wasn't going to watch anything mm. like that. But, um, I have become such a James Gunn fan, but I'll see anything he does. Um, he has this level of craft that I think is so exceptionally rare, um, that I don't see a lot from other people. I think he knows how to do a team and write like, truly uh, what's the trope found family is the trope. He does that better sure. than anyone I can think of. Um, he's not afraid and gives everybody their due. Not afraid I to mean, go. Nobody super is left gross. on the chopping block. Like, I knew that from Guardians One when Groot puts his root through all those guys in a row and starts slamming them around, and it's just like, oh, this is actually super uncomfortable to watch. Like he goes there. <laughs> this movie, he goes there like leaps and bounds. Um, I, this isn't a spoiler, but the hallway fight scene is one of the coolest fight scenes I've probably seen since. We're gonna talk about yeah, that since more. like I don't yeah. know what the raid old boy like gravy. Um, it, it, it has the DNA from two of those two movies. He as a writer, director, director combo. I mean, there, there are other writer directors who are great right now. Christopher McQuarrie for mission impossible is amazing as a writer director. Um, I still fight for JJ Abrams. He is an amazing writer and director. He kind of Mm -hmm. was lost it a little bit recently, but, uh, James Mangold who, uh, yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones five. Right. So, Hey, so, I do have a yeah. question because you bring up James Gunn and I was thinking about this while watching it. Just while we're talking about directing mm-hmm. style. What is it about directors coming from splatter movies that make them so brilliant as they get like when they leave the genre? So James Gunn Slither was a splatter monster mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson came from splatter movies. Uh, Sam Raimi. I mean, there's, there's this thing where I feel like these, if you start by making splatter movies, you will either stay one of the worst directors ever <laughs> or you'll become one of the greatest directors ever. There's something about like the raw creativity of just having fun that I think is helpful. That's a big part of it. I think a huge part of it is the when you come from a horror background, horror next to um, rom-coms cost nothing. So you have to be sure. immensely creative. And one of the cheapest things is corn syrup and red food coloring. Buckets of, buckets of yeah, goo. Yeah, buckets of blood. You can sell that. And I think learning to sell those sequences, you can sell other things. You see the, the value of character um, and you re- recognize like the, you learn the filmmaking by it's guerrilla filmmaking, mm-hmm. right? You just it's absolutely. And it, all right. That, that makes sense, right? I think that's a big but, part of it. it. Yeah. And uh, OK. Yeah. No, I've just been thinking about it. I, th- I think you're right. I think it's I think there's the, the low budget aspect of it. I think I think it's important that everybody when they learn something has to learn it with minimal resources. Yeah. Because you get a creativity in your craft that you wouldn't have once you have a lot of resources. Yes. And I think, I think that, the, <laughs> I think if you start out the gate with a lot of money in your movies, you can kind of, I don't know, fantastic four comes to mind. Uh, sure. I have heard, I mean, the vast majority of people don't like Bo is afraid. And, uh, I think I'm going Wednesday. Going Wednesday. Okay. 
Um, I'm excited. I hope I hate it or love yeah, well, it. I don't care which and one. And that's the thing is you had mentioned this uh, over me- over Messenger when I, when I was gushing about Puss and Boots 2 and I was getting emotional and you're like, I've been ch- I chased that high forever. I'm like, this movie hit that high two or three times over. And, yes. and again, I think it's that talent of when you come from a splatter movie background or a horror movie background, you want the audience to love your main character and hope that they live throughout the whole thing. Um, sure. so I think that you learn how to craft character better, perhaps. Uh, this is all just hmm. conjecture, but like that never occurred to like me. Like you yeah. said, Peter Jackson, James Gunn, Edgar Wright, all these guys who came from like low to no budget stuff tend to have the best stuff. Um, yeah, there's a creativity that you just don't see other places. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And I think, and this, oh, this will get into this. I, well, okay, I will hold off on that note. But I think, getting back to Guardians itself, Marvel has kind of had not the greatest track run lately. I didn't see Quantum. It's been a week. Verse. Did you or Quantum? Quantum Mania. I've I've seen everything. I, <laughs> I I've seen everything, but this is the last bit of, uh, Miss Marvel, and I've not seen She Hulk. Okay, yeah. So I think. The show wise stuff, I didn't. We didn't finish, end up finishing Loki. We did not keep going with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, it just, I, I did love Loki. To me, before this, Loki was the best thing Marvel's done. Yeah. This this phase. I really liked Shang Chi a lot, and as time has gone on, it hasn't stuck the way I kind of hoped that it would. Um, but I the have le- no memory of it. <laughs> I have no memory I've, of this place. I remember a great bus scene and an over CGI dragon. You know, and and when I. As I have was thinking, like this was the movie where I drove home just dead quiet, just thinking about like the last couple movie going experiences I had. Because with the new baby, uh, Toru, I'm unable mm-hmm. to get out of the house as much as I like to. So the last thing I saw before this was, oh no, was it Morbius? <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> oh no, no, it was. Uh, I actually got to take my uh, my nephew to Mario Brothers, which was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Don't, don't yeah, a lot of don't fun. expect anything. If you, it's it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. I think it's the top grossing animated film of all time, which is amazing. And knock mm-hmm. on wood, I'll be able to do Star Fox someday. Um, mm-hmm. That was a treat. But before that, we saw something iffy. I can't think of what it was. But it was like, okay. But yeah, more. But then, yeah, Morbius was, it was Morbin time, man. Just anything. Anytime's Morbin <laughs> anytime's time. Anytime's Morbin time. And I'm a 30 Seconds to Mars fan. That's not important. What is important is that I drove home in silence thinking about what it was about the movie that I liked so much. Because when some of the more intense scenes started happening, my, my gut was like, well, I'm not going to buy this. Well, there's no rewatchability here. Like, those thoughts started going through my mind. But on the way home, mm-hmm. I really kind of cracked why I liked this movie as much as I did. So anything I say next would kind of be spoilerific. But what else do you want to say without spoilers? Uh, thing is, I think we've said it. I'm excited for spoilers. I see. I I got out of the. This is a movie that. Um, yeah. Okay. Let, let me get the non-spoiler just yeah. to tell you to go see it. This is the, the 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 entire viewing experience. Is it was. I don't remember the last time I've seen a blockbuster and had this much fun. Uh-huh. Felt this emotionally invested. I mean, it's cliched, but I laughed. I cried. I mean, I was, I was with the characters and, and I mean, I was really moved by this movie in a way that I was not prepared for. Yeah. So we'll leave it. That's all I want to say before you spoil. Well, I'll say Spider-Man No Way Home was the last time that I had an experience like I had. Like the last time I saw that in theaters, that was, I was a wreck when that movie was over. 
and I was a happy wreck when this movie was over. Um, yeah, but this one was more emotional to me than Spider-Man. Oh, really? This one got me more in. Sp- Spider-Man, I really like, but I think I like it more for the nostalgia than I do. It has the, the st- it doesn't work as well for me as time goes on. Okay. Interesting. I haven't. I don't think it's bad. I love it. I think it's great. It's it's not it's not amazing. I, I th- I've seen it three times and it hasn't quite faded yet. But I'll I'll never forget that theater. Just like oh, all the lines, uh, the Mary, uh, not the Mary Jane, the uh, Zendaya save. Like there are things in that. Like, oh, oh man, there are things in there... that movie that just like will land in my heart for a very long time to come. Still. And I completely yeah. agree with you. I, to me, the only thing I, I think it has structurally it's packed and I feel like I wanted to spend more time resting with the characters. Mm. That's the only thing that has not, that I, I, the thing I wanted is I wanted more. I wanted more of the, I wanted more characters and what you're describing, man, those hit hard and they hit really well. And, and I, I, I I'm coming off way more harsh on no way home than I mean. No, to no, sure. I really do like the movie. Yeah. Well, I would say just to get into soft spoiler territory, when articles start coming out about the way that actors feel about playing certain characters, and this goes back to anyone who's watched, grew up with Star Trek The Next Generation as I did, when you hear things like Brent Spiner is tired of wearing the data makeup, he's not going to wear it anymore after this movie, and then he dies in that movie, okay, moving forward, Hmm. you start to think anytime an actor complains about playing a role, that'll be it. And I can't think of other examples off the top of my head um, that relate to that point, but that is a frequent, it's almost a trope at this point when an actor complains about playing a character, they're probably going to die in the next movie. Like I think Harrison Ford had said he'd only do Han Solo again if they, if they would kill him in the movie. He had said that for years leading up to Force Awakens and then he died in the movie. Yeah. Um, I have every reason to believe he will die at the end of Indiana Jones 5 because he has said this will be the end of the character uh, in interviews. Last year... Dave Bautista said, this is the last time I'll be playing Drax. This is the end of Drax for me. I think Therefore, we just have to state this is a big spoiler. Let's just, yeah, let's spoiler. Cause I think this is the biggest spoiler and I'm delighted by this. Keep going. And that's exactly. And so, uh, the, he did an interview where he's like, this is it. This will be the last time I play Drax. Chris Pratt said, this is like a send off to star Lord. You hear these actors and the act- these actresses make it sound like everyone will die at the end of this movie. And when and what they happens? don't, you just, I mean, that's, and that's what it was is like, what else was it? Uh, James Gunn. Um, this is his send off to Marvel. This is the last Marvel movie for DC. Okay. So he's killing everybody. Like that's kind of what I went into with this movie. And when nobody dies, nobody dies. I, and I can't floored. believe I, I like to me, I can't believe I'm saying this, but not killing anybody seems like a radical and brave choice. <laughs> so brave. So brave. It, I, was, I, uh, it, it, it blew my expectations away. And, you know, they kind of screw with you a bit at the end, too. Like They certainly do. They And, and uh, you know, there are several moments where, like, characters have those glorious speeches where you're like, they're going to die in the next scene. Mm-hmm. Or uh, with uh, when they were on the, the organism with Nathan Fillion as the cop guy and Drax gets shot once in the back, once in the chest. I'm like, that's it. This is where he dies. Through and the then he don't. <laughs> yeah. And that's. Yeah. And and then when I, so when I, so as I was driving home, I was meditating on all that, all that lead up to all these people saying that people are going to die and start setting off and all this stuff. And then nothing happens to any of them. However, when you're going into the movie and the, 
and this is what separated it from Shang-Chi, especially from Doctor Strange, um, the mayhem multiverse, multiverse one. Thank you. Multiverse, multiverse of Madness. Um, what separated that movie from this movie is that when Doctor Strange is flying the giant eyeball thing in the in the first like action sequence of the movie, you know nothing bad will happen to anybody. You're watching it and you're like, I've seen sure. this before. This is every Marvel movie where they fight a big bad in the very beginning and then you get to introduce the characters and the mission and the quest and all this stuff happens. When James Gunn does it, he makes sure that he mortally wounds a character who is going to die if they don't do something about it. Therefore, there are stakes that actually mean something. Yeah. And that is so exceptionally rare. And I can't believe that he's the one that does it. Like, I I think that was... Yeah. When I I saw... how crazy... He mortally wounds Rocket. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and arguably, Rocket is the main character of this movie. And yeah. he's unconscious for two-thirds of it. Yes, absolutely. And I don't even know if it's Bradley Cooper's voice when he's the younger one in the flashback. It sure sounded like it. <laughs> I think it was modulated. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, immediately, like, you're sucked into this movie. And by the way, I skipped the Christmas special. I should not have done that. I didn't know who the, the Cosmo dog was or anything like that. Or that. It's fun. Uh, it's fine. It, what was it? Uh, Mariner? No, that's not her name. Uh, Mantis was the sister. I didn't know yep, that came yep. from that thing. So that I need did, to yep. like, watch that ASAP. So I can kind of fill in my little holes in my mind. It, it's nowhere near as slickly produced as a movie. It feels like a Christmas special. And I kind of love it for that. It's there's a cheapness to it in a twinkle in your eye sort of way. There is there. I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a rumor that he wrote that in 45 minutes. I, I that would shock <laughs> me. And it's not because it's bad. It's because there's a, it, it's a shoot from the hip Christmas special. And I think he knew what he was making and it works for, it is what it is. And I loved it. And that's what I, and and I'm going to keep going because there's so much to admire about guns approach to this movie because we start on a downer. We start with an acoustic version of creep by Radiohead, and everyone's just kind of like miserable and sad as the movie starts and nobody's happy. And, uh, they start their characters at their low point, at their low point. They're not living life. Well, and so you would think, oh, they have nowhere to go but up here, and then they go further down. <laughs> um, and so I think that there is, and I don't know if this is, I have heard things that the Daniels, uh, who won the Oscar t- many times over for Everything Everywhere All at Once, turned down Marvel for the strict limitations that they have in the studio system there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Gunn was allowed to do whatever the hell he wanted because it was his last one or because he has a successful track record, but... Well, um, also, let's not forget what what happened. This movie was supposed to come out in, what, 2019? Guardians 3? He got fired, remember? I don't. Please, tell me more. Oh, you don't remember this drama? You brought up Twitter. I thought you were referencing that. He was I like those for first, Guardians 2. But he was, after Guardians 2, he got canceled because of his oh, past tweets. that's right. That's Disney right. fired him. DC immediately went, well, if they don't want you, we would love to have you. He made Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Or he, he was signed on. In fact, it sounds like he had just finished the agreement to direct Suicide Squad when Disney said he could come back. But so so you're talking about Dave Bautista saying he didn't want to play Drax. See, I remember all the interviews back in 2017, 18, where he said, I don't know that I'm going to come back and do this if Gunn isn't directing because he's he's my guy. He's the one who gave me this career. He's the one who makes these movies what they are. And, and there's all these interviews with like, you're right. The other actors, right. You won't let him direct it, but you're going to use his script. How does that make any sense? This is, and, and the thing is, is just to remind you guys, he said some nasty stuff, some yep. nasty stuff. 
and apologized long before anybody got mad about it. Like he went out of his way to apologize it on his own terms when nobody asked him to apologize for it. He did the right thing. If people can't make mistakes and do the right thing, then I don't know what, but, but that's neither the point. The yep. point is, is that I think one of the reasons he was allowed to do whatever the hell he wants is because Disney really screwed this one up. <laughs> well said. I think that's true. And then that's, you know, the more that I marveled about the movie and the choices that were made, I think that's what makes it so bloody good was the ability to just let the artist create and make yeah. those tougher choices, um, especially through Rocket's flashbacks when you find out just how cruelly he was treated, how he got the implants in, which he kind of hinted at in the first movie that he was yeah, torn to, to very pieces consistent and all those things. Movie. I yeah. didn't ask to be made. Yep, all that stuff. Um, the... So through so through the movie, the flashbacks are where the the uh, the tough animal stuff really come into play. And I know it's CGI, and I understand that, but man, I loved Floor the bunny so mm-hmm. much. I really wanted Floor to make it. Um, Lily and Teef, oh my gosh, they were so great together. Like the, I'm just like this setup is gonna kill me because they're all gonna die horribly. Like I just was waiting for that shoe to you know. Hit the hit the floor and then it did. See, see, that's where punches were not pulled. Yeah, well, I don't even know where punches were pulled in this movie because like everybody kind of almost gets killed several times over. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes the Guardians so dang special is like how mortal they truly are. Um, mm. But I mean, and the, the thing is, you're still laughing throughout most of the movie. At least I was. Oh, so there were a lot of good it's laughs. a hysterical movie. Yeah, first. First F bomb in Marvel history. Is it really? Yeah. Star Lord, open the fucking door. That's the first uncensored. I think there's been a censored one or two, but that's the first <coughs> uncensored F drop that they've done. about that. Oh, yeah. That was the good. movie is, is, it's a hysterical movie. It is such a funny movie. Yeah. Um, now all I can think about is that hitting <laughs> open the fucking door. Um, <laughs> And how good, oh, Felicia Day, Nebula, how good Nebula has become in this movie. Like, the only one who oh, I Oh, her didn't... character is so great. Yeah. The only person I really didn't care for was the new Gamora, but it makes sense why she's the way that she is because of the timeline and all the things that happen. I thought um, her characters played a little just yelly. Yeah. That was the only critique I think I'd have. Yep, that's fair. I love Drax's speech about the lily pads that Mantis gives him and that he like says verbatim. Mm-hmm. I love the theme about oh, his, Chris his... Pratt's delivery when he sees Mantis after that speech and he goes, Oh, <laughs> was so, ah, uh, it's perfect. Yeah, man. Uh, I love that Drax's arc was that his role, like, like his role is oh, fun. And he's not a destroyer. Yeah. Brian. Oh, oh man. Oh, so good. One of the many times I got really tearied. Yep. You're, yep. You, oh, and Nebula's character, she delivers that you're not meant to be Drax the Destroyer, you're meant to be Drax the Dad. Yeah, Amantis's thing about him being stupid, but just that he loves them. Like, oh, that was the first, like, real hard, like, in the movie that I had. You think I'm stupid? Ugh. Forget. Ha ha! I busted that door down. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, and, and then I gotta say, because there, there's just so much good stuff to say. And if you've made it this far, I imagine that you've seen the movie. Yeah, I hope you're not listening if you haven't yeah, seen it. I hope you're not, Andrew. But at the end of the day, this, yeah, top five, top three, somewhere in there. Um, the, what was his name? I keep wanting to say the Grand Inquisitor, but that is not his name. Uh, the, the High, High Evolutionary. Evolutionary. Um, have you seen him in comics before? 
I'm not as well versed in Marvel comics as I am DC. Gotcha. Okay. He is in Marvel comics. I looked him up later. Gotcha. Uh, I cannot say that same. Chuck Woody Iwuji? Is that right? I don't know. I, I he's the he's the butterfly from Peacemaker. Oh, he was the one that led them, led yeah. the group first, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's in John Wick too, randomly. Um, I don't my goodness. Like if, if there was another, you know, they always made the case that black Panther probably should have won best picture. I've heard that from quite a few people. He deserves at least a nomination. He's a great villain supporting actor or actor. Yeah, he was, he was, he was absolutely fantastic. he was a little shouty too, but it but came it, where it came from. It was believable. Yes, I, I guess I didn't believe Zoe as she shouted at it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Big old eyes. Like, Oh, <laughs> Um, he was, yeah, just what a great villain. Somebody that you just loved to hate like crazy yeah, and wanted to see his downfall. I wished his mutant ability was a little clearer because it didn't seem to have I, limits and then it did have limits. I didn't like the line. I can manipulate gravity. I, th- that was kind of silly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but man, great character, great villain. Um, it reminded me of a, a classic. Is it a JRPG? There's a Final Fantasy meme that is listed as a JRPG thing, but they definitely mean Final Fantasy, where it's like JRPGs be like chapter one, find the lost kitty cat, final chapter, kill God. <laughs> right, and that's exactly right. what this movie kind of was. Is this guy to some people he is God? It's like oh, we're in the kill God level of Marvel now. Fantastic. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we're gonna get a lot more kill Gotti after they start. Man, there's I, not much more. There's nowhere else to go but up. Seriously, when they landed on that planet and it was all like the 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 properly evolved life forms, just living like a night, yeah, like a 1970s lifestyle with the the vehicles and the laser. Like the attention to detail here, like the kids' photos were like 80s laser photos, like 80s yeah. laser uh, kid photos. And then every uh, the, single one of them die on that planet. It was brutal. It was real, and that's. I, but again, you don't get that. You don't average on. You don't get that in Marvel films for the most part. It's Gunn who does this stuff, and it's worth noting that the stakes in this movie aren't. Uh, yes, he kills a planet. I but they're they're, they're kind of small compared to galactic devastation in the last handful of Marvels. I mean, at the end of the movie, the planet is gone, and that is tragic. And but it but. It's but really you can just quantify about, it. It's about saving a handful of kids on a ship as much as anything. It's it's small like you could you could the characters could easily and justifiably save their friends and escape and like everything's happy. But the 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 final fight of the film is not to save the universe. It's to prevent future suffering. Mhm. Yeah. I think too with with movies of this scale and it hasn't really been done well since Avengers and Thanos, I think where you can really quantify when people are missing and people are gone. And, you know, in Endgame, when, um, you know, you see the world five years later and how people are just trying to cope, you get that same level here where you meet these little like bat people, families and the bunny postman uh-huh. and things like that. You get to see them in person. They're not just, you know, CGI and then thrown away. They seem very practical effects to me, but you see like, you don't want them to a, die. 
Right. You see the family life. You see like the trophy, the way the dad poses in the family picture, like all these funny things that hit you really, really fast that you want to see them all survive. And then, you know, what was the line that he said? Pratt uh, or Star-Lord cuts off the high evolutionary so fast with that lady. He's like, I don't need another speech about someone saving the world. I don't need, you know, this whole thing about dad issues and everything. And then he said something to him. Uh, what was the line that he said that made the guy go, yeah, you're right. What was that? Um, I don't remember. What brain part? Oh, he, yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, if your planet's so perfect, why do you have like a walrus selling meth to a such and such in a back alley? And he goes, yeah, right. you're right. <laughs> and then they just engage immediately, like destroying it all. Um, but it, you just, yeah, you see this level of seriousness with the high evolutionary, especially when he wipes out the entire bridge of mm-hmm. his ship and kill, and it's like this white thing and there's like Gregorian chant and a minor key and it's just him and like amidst like disintegration and chaos you're like is okay they will not be able to overcome this guy like that was my thought right when that happened all right so I want to talk about the ending I want to talk about where the characters end up but I also before we start that that hallway scene yes please yep so so uh, sorry, this this is flowing from what you said. I'm just trying to piece my thoughts together. No, you're good. Like they, you're right. It seemed he seemed undefeatable, right? They they imply he's been around for eons. I, do you remember in Age of Ultron when they have the big swoop around fight scene with all the Ultrons, a long yes. shot? Yep. I hate that shot. <laughs> it is a must have cost a fortune to make that shot and it has no characterization and it was muddy and I didn't know where to look with my eyes. Like the, there was, it was just stuff happening in multiple places where there was no direction of, of line of sight for me, for my line of sight. This scene was that exact thing done mm. amazingly well. Yep, much better. And so, and so, what, 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 why, why? Okay, I've connected my thoughts. What I love is that they didn't do that scene fighting the High Evolutionary, right? The fight with the High Evolutionary is kind of anticlimactic, and I love that. Yeah, it really was. That uh, there's no time letting of pontificating. It's it's like they have the fight and it's done. The real action sequence is getting to him, and that scene is so amazingly well shot where you see the team work is the best they've ever worked as a team and the camera work and the acting through the action. It's just, it's so beautiful. And then you get to the fight with the high evolutionary where, where rocket has him and, and I mean, I, I'd have killed him, but I love that he doesn't. I just, I love that they, there's that buildup and that the rocket's not going to kill him. And there's this, almost implication that it's it's because it wouldn't be good for him to kill him right they're gonna leave him on the ship that he's gonna die of his own accord but i'm not going to be i'm not i don't know i just it was beautiful i'm i'm rambling but i just loved it that's what i'm trying to say oh absolutely everyone gets a chance to shine everyone gets a chance to kick ass everyone gets a chance to just be badass to all of those creatures that are coming down the hallway all right all right so <laughs> nobody dies i love the trope of did that look cool over and over through the movie? Yep. Um, so what, what'd you think? I, 
what'd you think of that ending? I mean, I, I personally could have, I, I, he, this is one of those cases where I think he knew what I wanted more than I knew what I wanted. <laughs> I think the, when Pratt, you know, jumps from the ship and like, is hitting all those things. I'm like, okay. And then Groot's roots couldn't reach him. I'm like, okay. Like you wanted to kill off a main guy. Here we go. This will be rocket taking over and then get saved <laughs> once again. Although I guess I was confused. Like why didn't that happen to him in the first film? His face got, get all inflated and stuff. Did it have to do with like something that happened in two? I was confused there, but nah, I don't think that, it don't matter. It, that, that's the icebox <laughs> problem. There you go. Um, I think it, it was just, it was just so perfectly freaking well done. Then when they're all hugging together and Gamora's like off to the side and she goes her own different direction. Cause she's not, it's not the same one from before. And I was just like, everybody lived. Am I everybody missing lived. something? And Is everybody gonna grew. Happen? Yep. Everyone uh, evolved in their own way. Um, and by the, you know, by the post credits, Groot is like this insanely ginormous thing. Um, even Vin Diesel, I love you guys. Like that was great. Oh, what an amazing time to uh, drop a line. <laughs> I, I love was... that final moment between Gamora and Star Lord. I bet we were fun. I have no idea. I mean, it was such a like. I'm glad he didn't. He didn't cheaply get him back together, which is yep. of course what it... I wanted. But this was better. And even she was happy with her people at the end, and they did a yeah. really good job of showcasing that. Um, I will say real quick when Rocket's like about to die and he's on the table Ugh. and there's that flashback and you see like the that was the, sh- the most powerful. Uh, yeah, I cried yep. so hard during that yep. scene. Absolutely, and I would, I'm gonna sit next to my buddy Adam as we're watching this movie and as you see the shadow, the shadow of Lily walking forward in this like you know Hogwarts train station style thing. I just went, don't do this, don't do this. I like I, I said that out loud. I was like, don't freaking do this, man. I'm not then, ready. Yeah, and then, like, I had this whole moment of just, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, Christianity of just, like, oh, my gosh, like, he's going to show them, like, you know, at the end, at the end like, in their, and they're in their perfect bodies again and all these things, and um, I was, it was such a freaking beautiful moment. Well, I love that movie. Chris Pratt sold that, like, crazy. He's grown so much as an actor. Um, yeah, every, you really know, is great. I love that scene. Um, but back to what you said with the Gamora send-off, and he just turns to, um, I think it was Nebula, and he just goes... I need to talk to everybody. And then they all get together and they're disbanding officially and Rocket's like the leader and they do the mm-hmm thing. And which another quick little note, I love the way that every time Gamora and Nebula see each other, they just go, hmm, hmm. Like that's how they say hi to each other. Um, I love. I never thought you would get to the point where I cared so much about Nebula. Right? I didn't either. She's just kind of her. So like, like man has said, you're always so negative to like cover up the way that you actually feel that whole, I can't remember what the whole line was, but, um, the disbanding was just beautiful in its own way. It was such yeah. a good, proper send off. You know, the, the thing that has kind of arced the whole movie is like the, the music selection, the seventies into the eighties and then the nineties of this movie. By the end, we get to the two thousands of music. We end with Florence and the machines, the dog days are gone. And it's, it was kind of like cute where I'm just like the gun days are gone. And I sent you that TikTok uh, that I, I love mm-hmm. and I don't want to post it for a while, but just like, you know, everyone's all dancing and happy. And it's just people in the theater, like crying and clapping. <laughs> Cause that's exactly oh, where so I was good. at. It's um, so good. I love when, uh, star Lord, when Peter finally gets back to earth and he's in like some neighborhood in Pittsburgh, it mm-hmm. looks like, or, or Nashville, Tennessee. And yeah. they didn't, they clearly didn't color correct anything. It's, it's it so strange compared raw. to the rest it of the movie. It just looks raw. It's he's so in. He's different. home. It feels yep. like he's in a real movie. 
Yep. And then he sees his grandpa and it's this beautiful emotional moment. That final uh, post credit scene was so perfect. Did you see the newspaper? Yeah. Yeah. The Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. <laughs> but I just love, I love him talking about mowing lawns. It was, it was a beautiful send off. Yep. And then yep. Star Lord will return. That was, I was like, wait a minute. What? And you know what? I'm thrilled by it. I'm so glad they're doing that. Absolutely. I think the new Guardians for what's worth with Rocket Groot, the little girl, what all of that could be just looks like so much fun. I, and I don't That's know. Just that, it. Yeah. Do like an animated spinoff from there. That's what I would say. Do like I'm a nice totally, animated serial from there. I'm on well, board. I'm totally okay seeing these characters again. I don't think I'll take away anything from this conclusion. This felt like he let the team die. The The team is the one that died at the end of the game, this, this movie. And but all the characters got their, I don't know if you'd even say happy ending. Like they, they got the, they got to have that moment of growth. And I just, I don't know. I, I I'm having a hard time articulating my words on this one. Because I just, I really, really, really liked it. Yeah. I really, really liked it too. It's, it's so, I don't want to say you'll love it or you'll hate it, but like there are people who just love it like us. And then there are people who like the um, review at the Chicago Tribune said it's the most empty, brutal MCU movie yet completely ah, missing the point. I love that you ah, missed the point so well. Um, just your yeah, guns. Imagination is something special. And I, yeah, I'm so I excited for legacy. I couldn't help but compare it to like everything I've seen since Endgame, like Shang Chi, where again, the reason why that lands less now is the lack of stakes. Like I see that yeah. now I, and you know, uh, Dr. Strange too, the lack of stakes and Sam Raimi mm-hmm. is a lot like gun, but Truly. I think he's become so safe over the years. I don't know. I Maybe think it was you're the right. Script. I think you're right. Um, but Gunn still has that edge, and I desire that that talent, that knack, that the way that he sees things. I want more of that in my own stuff. Um, so I'm like a I'm a I'm a fanboy for Gunn now. I left Absolutely. the theater so excited for more DC movies. And I love. I, 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 <laughs> I I was been a DC fanboy my entire life. Like, have you seen the stuff he's been posting for uh, Superman Legacy? So I just started following him on TikTok, and I haven't seen the, the, the stuff he's been posting for Superman Legacy yet. Um, but he was posting some behind-the-scenes stuff for Guardians, and I I guess like the Chris Pratt that Nebula carries is like completely animatronic, or something. Like it's it's a ridiculous like prop, because um, I don't know how she would have carried him. But anyway, um, I. I as soon as I heard Gun was going to DC, I'm just like, that's it. DC's going to get good from now on. And I saw the trailer for Blue Beetle. I'm like, that looks like something I'm going to it enjoy. It looks like fun. It looks like a lot of fun. But like, he had nothing like... to do with that one. Well, maybe he had a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. All right. So, but you know, he finished the script for Superman Legacy. All signs point to him directing it. Uh, and every time he posted something about it, he showed an image from All-Star Superman. Are you familiar with All-Star Superman at all? Yeah, yeah. The The... The, he saves the girl from jumping off the building and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah I know, it's I know. my yep. favorite. It's my favorite comic. I love that comic. I love. I mean, it's 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 everything I want from Superman. I'm so excited. I hope. I hope it's. Yeah. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but as soon as I walked out of the theater, the very first thing I was met with was a poster for Miss Marvel, and I was like, no. No, I don't know. I thought the trailer looked like fun <laughs> and I haven't watched the trailer cause I'm trying to avoid all those things. But, um, there's, there's a number of good things coming out this summer anyway, like Gran Turismo or the Marvels. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, Disney's haunted mansion looks very interesting. The mission impossible one. I'm going to have a hard time seeing by itself because I'm going to want to binge the whole thing. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Barbie, I believe Barbie. This summer. 
Is that right? Uh, so me and my buddy are going to take a day off and double feature Barbie and Oppenheimer because they come out the same day. You're kidding. Yep. We're going to start with Oppenheimer and end with Barbie. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm still going through that. This is for later. But I'm still reading that Nolan, the book about Christopher Nolan and uh, oh, just know. the way that he views the world. Um, and it's really got me pumped for Oppenheimer. Like, just. Oh, uh, totally. You have not mentioned this to me. No? I don't think so. Oh. Um, it is called. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, the Nolan Variations is what it's called. And I'm on the Dark Knight chapter right now. And it kind of, it's all about, it's this guy who's been following Chris Nolan since Memento, like doing mm-hmm. interviews. And so it's like a compilation of his style, kind of where he came from, his background, definitely came from money. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> but, um, and you know what? That kind of shows a bit in his movie making style. That's not, a, also, that's not a slight. It's, it's not a slight because he has the talent that goes with it. You could be a rich kid yeah. and still make crappy movies, but he, I mean, gosh, Interstellar. What else do I have to say? Everything well, he does I, is. I yeah. almost feel like like that's the other side of the coin that that where you have the money to become. I mean, Nolan is always mentioned in the same breath as um, Spielberg. No. No. Two thousand one. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Oh, oh. That oh. that that really that. Uh, now my impression is that Nolan is a much more. Uh, gentle and less hostile man but <laughs> that auteur that wants things exacting mm-hmm. yeah i think too that he just he has this track record that is so rare so incredibly yeah. rare you know um which gun now seems to have that track record though i didn't see the black star movie the one with the the bad kid like if superman like became a oh he didn't direct person. that though he wrote it though did he yeah hey and I still haven't seen um, Super. And this, so Super, I was looking into, which I have, I have not seen either. Um, but I was, I went kind of went down a rabbit hole of like Guardians of the Galaxy and um, kind of how it came to be. And it was really like the 2008 mm-hmm. comic that like re, it was a 2008 comic that gave Kevin Feige, Feige, whatever, gave Feige him man. The, Fig man gave him the ability to say like, the, you know, this, this comic is doing really well. I think we're going to do a guardians of the galaxy movie. And then, um, I don't think it was guns project. Initially it was this other gal who went through like a Marvel writing school and she wrote it. And then he came along and completely changed like every single aspect of it to make it what it is. But when I think about it, the only thing that he, the only way he would have gotten that was because of super, which I haven't seen, which is a very, very low budget kind of anti superhero kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sitting there reading all this stuff about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, how did it get to James Gunn? What did he Seriously. have that proved this low-budget horror, you know, like you said, Peter Jackson-type character? How did he go from, like, a $2 million budget movie to a $150 million budget movie to now this one was $250 million, which it made in the weekend? Um, how did that jump happen? And I don't know. And I will – when I the next time I take meetings, I'm going to see if somebody can tell me because I'm genuinely curious. Because I think he, again he crushes. Yeah. He does such a great job, and and now he's like the he's not the head of DC, but he's like the freaking head of DC, you know. I mean, he's yeah, it's all all yeah, but I, and going back to 2014 when when it came out, that was what that's that's what Marvel needs now because no matter how he ended up there, it was a wild, ridiculous decision to let him do it. Yes, 
And we need some wild, ridiculous decisions. I mean, the multiverse sounds wild, but it's actually become quite mundane the way they're doing it. And (laughs) (laughs) well, there's 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 not a lot to it because when you can do anything and everything, you're not like it was that red letter media thing of like Star Wars is actually super limited in what it can do. Mm -hmm. It's almost the same thing with the multiverse. Is is just how I feel. I don't know. But I agree. Yeah, I, I, but you need you need to let creative people come in and blow things to hell. Yeah, and I think that's that's what Gunn did, and that's what I'm hoping he does for DC. Yeah, because we got what do we got next? We got the Marvels next. Um, everything else seems like a series. Captain America: New World Order. I believe that's next summer. I'm not uh, sure. Blade. Yeah, having Deadpool problems with that. Getting that one off just though. Fine. <laughs> um, and then Fantastic, Fantastic Force twenty twenty five, Armor Wars. I don't know any of these things. I'm gonna stop looking this stuff up. But anyway, Guardians three freaking rocked. Everybody, go see it. It's great. Go support it. It was a great Muy bien. movie. Muy bien. Muy bien. Um, muy caliente. Mm. Very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good ah. Spanish for a while. Um. But yeah, that's I. I just wanted to get all that out there, and I hope that you all go see the film. Um, Brennan, what are you enjoying these days? Are there any movies or shows or comics uh, or books? I saw saw Spy, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Um, we finished Poker Face, which was great. It was great. I mean, cool. Ryan Johnson, follow him to hell and back. I would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that little movie he made about Jedi and the Last of Them. Um, I'm finishing up Hyperion, which has been a hell of a read. I I it's been a long time since I've been hit that hard by sci-fi. Uh, I feel like I'm, it was a movie I'm missing, but I yeah yeah I'm gonna go see Bo's Afraid on Wednesday. I'll let you know how that is next week. Okay, very good, very good. Yeah, very how about you? Um, I'm back to reading Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. Um, really enjoying that one. I'm reading a lit RPG novel called Viridian Gate Online that I'm really enjoying. By James Hunter, who's a good dude. Um, the Nolan Variations, just you know, really getting my my filmness buffed up. Um, you know, restarted Breath of the Wild. Tears of the Kingdom is only nine days away, which for me is like five years away uh, mm-hmm. because I never buy anything on release date. Um, and I think that's you know, I I don't want to say I'm so cheap, but like I literally waited till. Um, until Breath of the Wild was the cheapest it's ever been, thirty bucks at Walmart on Black Friday. Wow! Before I bought it, um, it's so I'm, good. It's so good. This is my second playthrough, and I'm just, you know, the, the fifteen minutes that I get to play in a week, it's those are great fifteen minutes. <laughs> precious. <laughs> They're most precious to me. Um, and then I came across um, real quick thing. There's this thing on Imgur and Reddit called Favorite and Forget, where you see something really cool and you're like, "Oh, that's amazing! I got to remember to do that." And it becomes a joke so long that you have this massive collection of things that you want to read and do and bake and cook and go and travel and all this stuff. I know my Amazon list, yeah. Yeah, it becomes favorite and forget. And so I hate that. And every once in a while I go through all of my favorites just to see if I'm if there's something I really was truly interested in that I did forget. And there was this little TikTok about uh, great new science fiction uh, books in the last five years. Uh-huh. And one of the books that popped up is The Last Watch by J.S. Dews. And uh, it is... That's on my Amazon list. Oh my gosh, is it good. Well, like, for the record, the reason I'm reading Hyperion is because I went through my Amazon list and said it's time to find one of these ones I saved and need to read. 
Yep, and that one's on my list, but there's no audio. There's like no audiobook at the library, so I'm just like I'll come back to it later when it gets there eventually. But uh, I am um, 17. It's a 17 hour audiobook. I'm 72 percent of the way done with it. This would be a great 10 episode series. This would be an excellent film. Um, this should be snatched up and adapted ASAP because it is. It's very good. It's a um, effectively See, like think... a military prison at the end of the universe, and the universe starts to shrink. And yeah. it's really cool. It's really cool. Characters are, uh, they feel very alive and real. And it's just, it is so much damn fun. Um, I can't recommend that book enough. The Last Watch by J.S. Dews. Great. Great, great, great. I've got. And then, of course, uh, last night I read issue one of Guardians of the Galaxy from 2008. And, uh, <laughs> I should do that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't get the hype. That's not true. Um, thank you all for listening, everybody. Go see yeah. Guardians 3. Go see Guardians. And, uh, You'll probably see more of us this year as we do our reactions to, uh, you know, big Friday night flicks. I think we're going to do this again for Dune 2. I'd like to do this for Oppenheimer. These, like, you know, go the second weekend as fast as you can. <laughs> oh, shit. One more thing. Um, in the final minutes of Guardians, um, you could hear throughout the theater snoring. And what? I shouted, who the hell is asleep? As loud as I could. <laughs> And the snoring stopped and everybody laughed. And then the snoring ramped back up again and we all laughed hard together. <laughs> if you can sleep through the wall of noise that is coming at you, I am jealous of you, my brother in Christ, and I don't know how you sleep. <laughs> <at all. laughs> oh, oh that's amazing. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you in the next one. Bye, guys.